All right, Heather. Yes. Sing me a song of or about something. I don't know, just anything. I've got nothing. We've got too many movies for me to try to filter it down. <laughs> so sing a song about anything? Or something. Okay. A song about anything or something. This is the song that never ends. It just what goes on and on, my friend. Of all the songs, you choose that one. That's a loss. You that said anything or loss. something. Yeah, I thought you would Ow. actually like something. That's a nothing song. So it, it, it's a nothing song. So it's nothing. But you also said anything. About or anything or something. And this is a nothing it song. Is. So it's about nothing. And it is nothing. No, but it's not a song that never ends. So it's about something. No, no, no. It's a nothing song. Okay. All right. Let's ask Justin if he agrees. See, he said nothing. Therefore, it is mm. nothing. Oh, my. It is what it is. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. Uh, is that true, though? Yep. Fine. Since Justin's not here, you get the win. He gets a loss. Oh, yay. But no. <laughs> no, you need to be like celebrating his loss. Otherwise, I could flip it if you want. Okay, yay for my win. And? Boo for his loss. No, yay for his loss. Oh, yay for his loss. Jeez. Yay for my win. I'm Got it. you in the song. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and just Heather, because Justin, unfortunately, could not be on tonight's episode. We've got a doozy, doozy of an episode for you tonight. Uh, Heather and I will be talking about three different movies. We will be talking about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with those movies. And with that... I will have time codes and descriptions in the episode notes below or however you get to your episode notes or whatever uh, with time codes saying where the movies are, when spoilers start, all that stuff, because we will go spoiler free, then give our recommendations and scores and then give spoilers. So with that, we will be talking about the movie Relic, The Rental and The Wretched. And I don't know if I've already said this, but I'll say it again. We will be talking about what we like didn't like and everything in between with those three movies we will start off with heather going first and heather will also be deciding what movie we talk about first heather so which one is it i mean let's just go with relic okay that's a gonna be a fun one heather go <laughs> so relic i had heard a few people talk about this movie and um for the most part, I was hearing really good things about it. Um, great scores, all that stuff. So, yeah, I kind of went in expecting it to be kind of like a almost like a drama with horror elements kind of thing about it, which I guess maybe it's that. But regardless, um, my biggest problem with this movie is how slow it is. It's a very slow paced, kind of boring movie most of the time. I mean, it's just 
it's it's well shot, you know, and the acting is fine, but just the story of it is not they didn't do enough with the story to keep me interested as much as I think they were trying to. And there was the pace didn't keep me involved. So that's my biggest issue with it. Um, It's just kind of hard to go into specifics on that really without, you know, spoiling anything. So yeah, I I'll just say it was, I think it was overrated for sure. Um, from the people that I had heard good things from. It's one of those that I probably, I'm not necessarily going to put it on a, on like a must see list of any kind. It's, um, yeah, it's very, it's very boring and (laughs) it just, it's too slow for me. I don't know. So yeah, that's kind of my non-spoilery takes on the movie. Now this movie sucks. (laughs) It, It is honestly one of the worst most boring movies I've ever seen in my fucking life. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought it was very boring. If we weren't doing it for this episode, I would be modifying my worst list to make sure this movie was on there. (laughs) Oh no. This movie. Yeah, it's not great. Is fucking terrible. It is boring. It's slow. It's repetitive. It rips off a movie I hate, which is The Visit. This movie just sucks so hard. I mean, I'm usually a fan of a good hour and a half movie. Because, I mean, most of the time with an hour and a half, you got to be moving. You only got 90 minutes to tell a story. You got to be clicking. Got to be, you know, moving that story forward. This movie never did that. It felt longer than it was, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, this movie started and ended at the exact same place. It just does nothing. I cared nothing about the characters. I cared nothing about the plot. I cared nothing about the quote-unquote scary scenes. I cared nothing about the end. I cared nothing about this movie. I had to restart this movie so many times, like or like restart sections or like rewind or whatever, because mm-hmm. I was found myself so disinterested that. I would accidentally just end up on my phone, like out of reflex, out of just sheer (laughs) boredom. I'd end up on my phone and I'm like, fuck, (laughs) I didn't see any of that. And then I'd start like rewinding and then I'd like start watching it again. And then be like, did I see this part? I don't know. Then I'd like rewind some more and I'd start watching (laughs) it again. Yeah. And I'd be like, did I see this part? I don't know. And then I realized it's because I didn't care. I didn't care what parts I had seen. Like this movie is so nothing and so drab and so, like I said, repetitive that like I couldn't tell what I had seen and hadn't like at one point I just restarted the movie because I needed that blank slate of going, okay, I know I saw the beginning of this movie. So let's just start there again. I just, I mean, it took everything in my power. Like at one point I just had to like put my phone down, like screen side down like away from me so i wouldn't reflexively grab it Mm -hmm. it oh it's just so fucking bad i'm done let's move on uh so what's your recommendation (laughs) score i mean the interesting thing about this is if i had to kind of compare it it's almost a mix between like hereditary and the visit which is weird to say because 
I don't hate either of those movies. Hereditary, I'm mostly good with. The Visit's fine. This one is not. And it's weird because you would think combining those two things, it would be a little bit better than it is. But it's really not. Like, it's it's just it's trying to do too, too many things and it doesn't actually ever really get to exploring those things that you feel like they should be exploring more or doing more with. So I don't know. It's for me, it's, it's not a hit. It's a miss for me. I, I don't really recommend it because I can't really specifically think of a a certain group of people necessarily that I could say, this is great for them to watch. You know, um, I'm a big horror movie fan. This was not that because horror movies, I like the suspense. I like the the thrills of it. I like the, you know, um, like the scary moments of it and all of that and the suspense. And there's just not really a lot of that in this. And as far as drama goes, sure. I mean, the storyline, I understand that aspect of it being drama. But I've seen a lot of other movies that have a better dramatic storyline behind it. And it's just not... It's not very well put together, in my opinion, and it was it's just very overrated. I think it's too slow, way too slow, because by the time it does get to the more interesting things, you've already kind of lost interest in the movie. So I don't really recommend it. I would say for this, um, I'll give it mm, maybe 45 um, old ladies with broken legs walking towards you out of a hundred. That is a mighty generous score. Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, do I recommend it? Nah, fuck you. And uh, that score is going to be a nah, fuck you. Uh, so spoilers. That's it. Yeah. All nah, right. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So with this movie, I'm going to, uh, I don't even know necessarily where to begin. It is fucking shitty. It is just all kinds of fucking terrible. I mean, what the fuck was the ending of this movie? I mean, she's sitting there peeling off the skin of her mother, exposing this demon. And I'm saying that 100% right, because the director even said it's a demon. So, yeah, that's fucking dumb. And I mean... So this movie, this whole movie is a weird, like, horror take on on uh, Alzheimer's. And instead of it being Alzheimer's, it's a demon or whatever. And can we just not make horror movies that are based around mental illness anymore? Can we just stop it finally? Maybe? Sorta? I know that this movie is based on the director's, like, experiences with her grandmother going through it. But it just falls so fucking flat. I mean, it's like, I don't know what to say because I really was so fucking bored. So like, that was the whole thing about it is like, so she's peeling off the demon mother's skin because that was like showing her accepting the fact that she is like her mother is more or less gone now. The the Mm -hmm. disease has taken over her mother. But it's still her mother, so she still wants to be there for her. So she's, like, peeling it off and then, like, gets in bed and cuddles with her. And then her daughter, so the granddaughter of the demon woman thing now, 
comes in and like cuddles with her at the end. And then she notices her mom has the black mold spot on her, which means that her mother's going to have the same problem later. It's, you know, just showing the, the genetic traits of it all. And that's fine, whatever. But it, it just, it never quite gels as a fucking horror movie because the quote unquote scariest parts of this movie are, is the woman mutilating herself to, I guess, let the demon out, which is weird. Yeah. And then like the, the granddaughter is trapped in a never ending, you know, hallway thing. And the house is like closing in on her, which I guess was representing what her grandmother was going through about getting lost. But it's just so fucking dumb. And it takes so long to get anywhere. I mean, this movie opens up with the grandmother being like gone for two days and they go up there to find her. And, you know, they're just kind of like walking around the woods every once in a while or talking to each other every once in a while. And then the grandmother just shows up and it's just like, oh, things are weird. But like there are times like, yeah, at no point, like the grand, the granddaughter's like, no, you can't do that to grandma and all this other stuff. That grandmother had already shown signs that like she wasn't there, like mentally wasn't there. And the granddaughter's just like, no, it's fine. Like it is what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there are so many things in this movie that like, I feel like realistically you wouldn't want to let yourself get to, but even then at the end, like it's. Just the fact that it goes from like this woman possessed trying to murder her family to like what was supposed to be an endearing scene at the end is just so mishandled that it it feels like they're from two different movies. Like just the whole like the grandmother's trying to kill them and then just it just kind of ends and like everything like it's acceptance. It's just such a weird like switch to flip on. I mean, and there's like three characters in this entire movie, five if you count like the next door neighbors and like six if you count the doctor, but all of the rest of the people are in this movie for a combined total of like three minutes and 12 seconds. So I don't know if you would really count that. I mean, they do these weird dream sequences that like flashback to a supposed great grandfather and I guess that that was like them trying to be like, oh, look, it's hereditary because like he died of the same supernatural disease. And so it's like they're alluding to that aspect of it being a hereditary illness. But that just doesn't work either. Like those weird dream sequences, they're meant to kind of like foreshadow some stuff and all this like, but it never really clicks. It just seemed like they put that in yeah. there for creepy imagery that wasn't even really that creepy. and just ineffectively so and it's just like nothing i just i found nothing in this movie interesting i found nothing in this movie just compelling i found nothing in this movie made me really want to watch it and i like the woman that played the mom she's good in a lot of other things not the grandmother but the mom and it just in this i did not care i i feel like it would have been better if you actually just told the dramatic story about these people going to find her like grandmother and it, she's like slowly deteriorating from Alzheimer's. Yeah. That would have been a more interesting story because you would have had an actual emotional connection in that by making it supernatural. You kind of detach the emotion from it and it just, it never really works in this movie. I mean, and, and I think part of it has to do with the fact that it's like certain scenes in this movie when it's like really showing the mother 
or the grandmother losing grip on reality, which is her becoming the demon woman type of thing. It leans so hard on those demon possessed stereotypes in movies or tropes where she's like impervious to certain things that damage and she's walking weird and got superhuman strength and she's abnormally fast, especially for someone her age and all the shit. And it leans so heavily on that that it detaches itself from being an Alzheimer's allegory at that point. It went straight into just trying to be that type of horror. You didn't get the allegory aspect of it. Like it completely loses it for like 10 minutes towards the end of the movie and then tries to shove you right back in it while keeping the supernatural elements of it. And like, and so like one of the big foretellings of like this disease or whatever is this black mold substance that's all over. And supposedly it's in the house because of the window that they move from that great grandfather's house to that house. Mm -hmm. And like that carried the supernatural mold on it or whatever. But like, even the director said that they didn't want to really, you know, dive into like the mold doing this stuff or anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, because you didn't, you had nothing for it. You had no explanation for it. You just kind of had it all over the place to be a thing, you know? Yeah. And so by like making these elements supernatural and all this other stuff, it takes away from the story they were trying to tell, like with the house, like shrinking and having that endless hallway. And then somehow she's in the attic, but breaks out of the fucking fireplace, like off the mantle where the chimney would be. Like, so this house supernaturally got rid of a chimney. (laughs) That's bonkers. But, I mean, it's just at no point did I really care what the fuck was going on. And I had to force myself so hard to do so. Anyway. Yeah. You go ahead and go now. No, I get that. Yeah, I get that because that's... The thing is, it's so hard to be like... There's not much to really (laughs) say towards, like, why... You don't like it because it's one long, consistent problem, which is that it's boring and it doesn't really connect. Like it, I just I feel like it's a little bit all over the place with what it was trying to do. The scene that you're talking about at the end, when the you know the the mom is you know holding the her mom, and you know then the daughter comes in, and they're having that moment at the end there. Honestly, that probably was the most interesting scene of the entire movie. And it was the very last scene of the movie for what that's worth. But, you know, and I get what they were trying to do with it. And that was probably the most obvious um, thing that they did to try to go with this allegory that they had going. But it's, I mean, when you save that or that's your just very last thing that you have in your entire movie, it's like, they they just should have done so much more stuff like that uh, throughout the rest of the movie. I mean, it just there was just nothing that piqued my interest in this movie until really that scene or maybe the scene before that when, you know, her mom, the grandma is like chasing them throughout this house and everything. That was where it got interesting. And it was the last, what, 10 minutes of the movie. And that's unfortunate. I mean, I just I feel like they had all this space and all of this that they had a chance to do so much more with it to either connect it more or make it more creepy or whatever they wanted to do with it. But it's just like, they didn't quite get there with any of it. Um, 
until that very last scene. And I will say like the opening scenes, you know, when you see the, the grandma going through the house and like the darkness and then the shadows, and then you kind of see, you know, like the little, the monster, the, the shadow or whatever on the chair, um, in and out with the lights, stuff like that, which actually I think that part was done pretty well where, you know, it's creepy. You're just like, Oh, I just definitely saw the shadow of a person and now they're not there. And now when the lights are off, I see them getting up and that kind of thing. I do actually think they did that part well. And they did it again with the mom at at one point when she's like standing in a doorway or standing by the stairs or something. And then there's this shadowy figure behind the mom and then it's gone. Like those elements of it were the better part of the creepy aspects they tried to do. But it was just so rare, like they didn't do enough of it or they didn't do enough with it or whatever it may be. You just get like a tiny little taste of what they they could have done with this, but they didn't go any further with it. And that, I think, was the big problem of it. I mean, I guess for me, it really is one of those things. It's like, hey, Sterling, what's wrong with that movie? And I'm like, I don't know the movie, just the whole thing. Like (laughs) As a whole, it's just that. The very beginning of the opening credits to the very end of the end credits. There's not a single second in there that I liked. I don't even think I liked the font they used in any of that. Just, <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, maybe the the shade of black they used during the end credits. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I didn't fucking like anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's so hard to pinpoint it for me because it's like, I don't know, just the movie. Yeah, it's just the entire way the movie happened and went about telling the story. Everything with it was just a miss. There's not much like you can't be like, I wish they would have like I hated this and this. It's just like the entirety of the movie is what the problem really is. Yeah, I don't know. Like it was just uh, I don't know. I just and I I mean, I guess the weird sad thing is, is like a movie I I notoriously hate like Midsummer. At least it did something to where when we did that episode, I was able to recount that movie almost like scene for scene to say what I didn't like about it. Yeah, this movie I care so little. I can't. I can remember a couple of things here and there, but outside of just saying my biggest problem with the movie is that it exists, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I get that. And it's just it's it's crazy to me that just like so many people were like this movie's so good, including critics. And I'm just like I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, so this movie is critically like acclaimed if you will it's got a 91 percent on that rotten tomatoes and i want to say it's got like, that's insane i don't remember its audience score though look that up i did at one point but we're doing three movies so i've looked up a lot of audience scores i mean it's drastically lower than 91 percent. i want to say that this one was kind of in the 40s yeah 49 percent on the audience that's and crazy i think the fact that it found 49 percent of people liked it blows my mind I mean, critics, I understand, but the whole 91% of critics liking it, because I think critics with this movie felt like, oh, if they didn't like this movie, you know, they got they would have to turn in their being pretentious card. Their highbrow card. Yeah, they're like, oh, you just don't understand it. Like, they'd have to turn in that card. But, like, the fact yep. that, like, 49% of regular people liked it blows my mind, because I just don't know how anyone cared. Unless it's, like, two people, then I would kind of get it. Like, it's just two people 
And one person hated it, and the other person just said they liked it because they didn't want people to think they didn't understand what was going on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, if I was going to have a movie night or a scary movie night or whatever night, it's just, it's not going to go in any of those categories as, like, let's watch this. You know, it's just, it's just not going to be on that list for me ever. I mean, I wouldn't recommend this movie to my worst enemy. (laughs) Because then I would say that it has some sort of reason or validity for being made. And I can't do that. I can't say that it does. <laughs> I think the world would be a better place right now if this movie did not exist. Oh boy. This movie is what's wrong with 2020 is what you're saying? Yeah, this movie is what broke 2020. <laughs> this movie. This is what this was the the like the the first domino was that this movie had been made at some point. It was going to be released this year. So the rest of the year was just preparing us for this bullshit. Thanks, Relic. And I'm done talking about you, Relic. Fuck you. (laughs) Do you have anything else to say about it? I do not. No. All right. Then what's our second one? Which what's of the other two? What's the next one? Let's go with the wretched. Oh, boy, the wretched. All right. What are your thoughts? Okay, I'll still go first. All right. Yeah, you're going first on all these now. Oh, okay. Um. Well, I can't say that I liked this one much better than Relic. (laughs) It's a very different type of movie. And the weird thing is about it, like, and this isn't really giving anything away, but the opening scene, at least, at least within the first few minutes, you're already kind of like, what the heck is about to happen in this movie? So I'll give it that. I think that the, um, I did not... I don't I did not like this one either. <laughs> it's really it's just not good. It's also it actually is a little bit more guilty even of trying to do a lot of things and put a lot of different things in it that didn't add up and trying to really just put things in it for the sake of it because it was like they said, oh, you know what? I've seen other scary movies that do this and they always end up being good movies. So let's try to do that or something because it was like. They tried to put twists in there and they tried to, I don't know, I don't know what they were trying to do, but it just, it came together in a very incoherent way, I guess. It just, it didn't, it didn't mesh. The acting was not good. I think there was maybe one and a half people (laughs) that was good acting wise in this movie. Um, It's just not... The thing is, they they didn't allow, and it's good because, I mean, this movie didn't really need to be longer. I don't think it would have made it better. But if they had also used that space of the movie to even try to get you to latch on to some more elements or connect you a little bit more with what was supposed to be happening, it would have made more sense, I guess, as a whole movie. Regardless, it's also kind of a garbage movie (laughs) and... Not not one that I can say is much better than Relic, but I will say it kept my interest more than Relic did. Um, for me, over over Relic, I will say that uh, one thing this movie did better is also an hour and a half movie. This movie kept up the pace at least. It kept things going. It kept things moving. I mean, it started off beginning of the movie with a scene, you know, uh. You know, with the death scene and stuff. So, I mean, kudos to the movie for that, at least. I mean, outside of that, it just kind of... Went downhill. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was a that, and it was just a lot of failed, 
well, I don't want to say failed, but unearned plot twists is what this movie's full of. I mean, yeah. it doesn't actually earn them. It it breaks its own rules in regarding some of the things, and I don't like things that do that. And especially whenever I mean the the I mean I don't think this is a spoiler. The wretched or whatever the fuck it is is essentially like a a swamp witch thing, and like this movie's kind of is very like convenient with her witch powers. Like when it needs her to yeah. be able to do something, all of a sudden she could do that. But it, it makes no sense because it would make like it'd be beneficial for her to use that same power at other times in the movie. Yeah. You know, but they only really needed it for that one scene. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like she didn't have the full on witch powers all the time and stuff. And like and it's probably has one of the dumbest plot twists I've ever seen in a movie. I will say this. This movie didn't really rely on that plot twist they could have not done it and the movie would have for the most part been the same yeah but they decided to do it and it's fucking dumb it's and it makes no sense and it kind of breaks some other rules that i don't like when when things do this in movies and i'll explain that in spoilers and then the ending the overall ending of the movie is fine but the like exact ending of the movie is dumb like yep the, I know what you mean. The end, the overall end of the movie is fine, but the last scene is dumb. And I mean, I spent what was should have been three hours watching this and and Relic back to back. I think it took me like three and a half, like three and a half, three forty five ish to make it through the movies. I did not have to re like at least with this one when I rewound it, I knew where I was. <laughs> True. I mean. I don't it just some it's it's just got a lot of dumb stuff in it. I don't know. Um, so recommendation Agreed. and scores for this. Yeah, um, I I don't recommend it again. I can't think of anybody. that I'm like, oh, my gosh, the elements of this movie, the way they did this movie. I need to tell so and so to watch this. I just I can't <laughs> really recommend that or go that route with it. So. Again, unfortunately, you know, as much as I do love my scary movies, it's not a well done one. It's not a good one. Um, I, I agree pretty much with everything that you're saying in regards to this movie, which I know we'll get into. But they just I, I do think there was a bit more potential for this movie to be better than it was. But they, again, didn't really. They didn't really craft it in a way to where they, they met its potential. So, no, it's it's a pass. I guess I guess if you're just trying to watch B-rated horror movies just for the sake of it, to say that you've seen all of the bad ones, maybe watch it. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, so my score for this one... Mm, you're right. I feel like my score for Relic was too generous because this was better than that but still in the, not the 50 mark. <laughs> so I'm going to give this one a 48, um, 48 uh, wilting flowers that are foreshadowing things out of a hundred. Um, so on this one, uh recommendation, I'm going to say, uh, nah, fuck you. Um, for a score for a score, I'll actually give it a score. I give this uh two, Forgotten family members out of a hundred. <laughs> Did you say two? Yeah, I'll give it two. 
Okay. Well, I mean, already the fact that you were willing to give it a score says it's better than Relic. So. It is. It's better than Relic, but it's not a fucking good movie, though. No, it's not. All right. So spoilers on this one. Let's go. All right. I'll let you go first on this one, too. What? That's where we'll flip it up. We'll flip it here. Go ahead. What are your spoilers? Oh, boy. Well, first of all, I think <laughs> the... um. Uh, it, it's hard to know where to really start with some of this. So the the idea that this lady who lives next door, like the neighbor of the kid who is the main character, is suddenly taken over and possessed by a thousand year old witch. Okay, I mean we've we've seen that or crazier things in other movies, but I she didn't even really have much of like this menacing flair to her when she was a witch. I mean, her demeanor was different. You know, she was a little bit more like chilling, I guess, like when she was around, you know, just her, her, her demeanor changed, which was fine. But in general, like when she turned into this witch, she didn't, her personality didn't really, it it didn't captivate me to be like, I don't know, like, you know, you see those, those movies where they they become like this powerful person and they just kind of change personality wise and they have this confidence and this thing of like, I have all this power. They feel just very empowered and things like that. And she didn't like, she didn't, she didn't really do anything. And that it just kind of made it, she was an uninteresting witch, if you will. <laughs> like even the things that she was doing, it was very, like subtle stuff it wasn't very like oh let me seduce you really or anything like that like she was just kind of there she just kind of did a few things you know she would like whisper in ears and then make their ear bleed you know but it's just for somebody who's a thousand year old evil witch things like that where she's killing people and you know hiding hiding dead bodies and whatever it is she's doing she doesn't like have much of that type of vibe about her. And I think that they could have done more with that, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah. And also the twist there's, I know there's a couple of different ones, but like, well, the first twist, I guess, if you want to call it, that is the twist that, you know, the dad's girlfriend is becomes possessed by this witch too. Right. I mean, would you call that one of the twists? Maybe like a, like a mini twist, I mean, if you will. Yes and no. I, I guess it is a twist, but I think there was just more like a transition. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the monster trying to get one up on them versus, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, but you could call it one, I guess. So I guess that's like a mini twist. Yeah. And that one is is fine. Like, I mean, the fact that they did it, I'm fine with. But again, it's not like a scary, evil like terrifying witch person when she is that (laughs) this is just the very not intimidating terrifying witch that you would expect in a movie that of what this is supposed to be about especially if you think about that very first scene of this movie which is essentially seeing this witch eating a little girl (laughs) and then somebody and i don't even know i mean sterling who was that person just like a like, a, who was that person that came down and saw that? Just somebody in the house? Well, that was one of the possessed people. You know, she okay. can, like, possess people and make them forget about things and do what she wants. 
Yeah. So the person, the per, the woman, the, the the girl that went downstairs, I guess there's like baby sister or, or like babysitter sister, somebody of the girl that was being being eaten. But the guy that came to like the top of the stairs and shut the door on her was just one of the brainwashed people. Got it. Yeah. See, and like, but with all of that going on, that really set my expectation for this movie. For it to be a lot more terrifying and a lot more captivating and a lot more intense than it actually was for the rest of the movie. Um, but yeah, so you, you look at that part of it and then it goes from that to, you know, she she takes over the body of the, the dad's girlfriend and she just says a bunch of stuff like, I like this home. I'm evil. Like, just... It very much goes downhill in like the scare factor and the creep factor and just my expectations of the movie were definitely not met because of that. Like they just they go full force in with this first opening scene and I'm like, oh, this is about to get crazy. And then it just completely doesn't do anything else like that for the rest of the movie. Even the ending, when you see more of this witch person in her true form, it's not even as scary it's it's not it's just very lacking in trying to be creepy in a lot of ways um and it just was disappointing because i really had a different expectation in the first five minutes of this movie so you know there was that twist of it with you know the the dad's girlfriend becomes the one possessed by the witch and that's whatever um, it was short-lived. It didn't last long. It really wasn't worth it. And again, kind of like you were saying with some of the other twists, the movie pretty much would have been about the same if they hadn't have put that in either. Um, but yeah, and then you get to these other things where... Uh, I, I kind of want to just let you talk about the other twists, but um, it's... I don't know. It's It's very much like you see what they're trying to do in all of these elements they're putting into it. But you feel like they just kind of lost their momentum or something, or they were just trying to rush through the story to get to the end at some point. And not even like you said, it's not like they're relying on these twists to make this movie work. It's not like, oh, the buildup is to the twist. But you feel like by the time it got to that, they were just kind of done. And it just made it like, oh, okay, so that's just a thing you wanted to throw in there. Like, you just feel like they threw it in there just for the sake of it when it, it wasn't needed. So, I don't know. And then, like, I think the girl who was the the kid, the main kid's, like, friend or best friend or whatever, the girl who was, you know, he was hanging out with, she was probably the best actress in this entire thing. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. But she was the most believable as an actual person. She was the most interesting personality-wise. And she just did a better job than almost everyone else in this movie. The main kid was, mm, he was okay in some scenes, but he was not very consistent. So it's it's just like none of these characters draw you in either with like you're rooting for them. So that's another problem with it. Like it just, it does a bunch of stuff. But again, doesn't have that connection or give you those chills or anything that a movie like this is supposed to be doing, especially when it's about supernatural things and stuff like that. It's supposed to be like bone chilling stuff. And it's just really not even close to that. So, yeah, this I mean, this movie had a lot of potential with certain things and it just like it feels like it goes out of its way to not live up to any of it. Right. Yeah. 
so the bigger twist in this is that this witch, um, I don't know, I guess eats little kids and makes, you know, the adults or other family members like she enchants them to where they don't remember the siblings that they have or children they have or anything like that. So that she could just take them and nobody notices. And so what? I mean, four fifths of the way through this movie, something like that. They tried to rewrite the whole movie by (laughs) positing that the main character and his family have another son that you just, (laughs) that the main character had forgotten about. And that's why you forgot about him. And they go back and they flash back to all these scenes whenever he thought that they were talking to him and they weren't, they were talking to his little brother and all this shit. And it's completely unjustified because that character is not the narrator of the movie. He's not our actual point of view character. We are third, like third party omniscient in this because we see things that happen not to the main character. We see a lot of those scenes. So he's not our narrator. Therefore, we should have still seen the little brother. It doesn't work. It's all a lie. It all it goes back to like the second scene of the movie mm-hmm. and says, yep, there was a little brother there. No, no, there wasn't at all. At no point. It just really tries to do that to like be like a trick. Like, oh, my God. Hey, they could have just not done that. <laughs> and he still could have gone to the tree to save his girlfriend's little sister. And to stop mm-hmm. the witch, that's still a very reasonable thing for him to go back to the tree for. You didn't need all this other shit. Yeah. Like, and then on top of that, if you if you really, really, really wanted to do that, you could have done it better. You could have had it be like they go to the airport to pick him up and it's just him, and his dad, and or like he's there and his dad's there and his new stepmom's there. And you could have had it be something like where the little brother is always lives with the dad like that's the whole custody thing worked out and so you can just have the main character go oh hey where's billy and just have nobody really acknowledge it because you can have the stepmom be possessed by the witch literally right before they go to pick him up and so then she brainwashes the dad while they're on their way there and then brainwashes the son on their way back and then bam steals the little brother and then mm-hmm. later in the movie, he realizes it. That would justify it. You could get yeah, away like with they, it there. Yeah, it's like they tried to do like the sixth sense treatment on it, but in a not good way. <laughs> yeah, it, because the characters never acted like there was somebody else there ever in right. the movie. And they did try to justify it like, well, he was just confusing with this or is the spell. Yeah, but we weren't under that fucking thing's spell. Right. Like we weren't under the spell. So why did we forget? Oh, because we didn't know because it didn't actually exist. Like, that was the bullshit about it. Right. But then they do the other twist ending where at the end of the movie, his girlfriend or whatever, it turns out she's probably possessed by the witch, too, now at the end, which that's kind of where I was going where this movie breaks its own rules is because you see earlier in the movie, you don't see it for the first skin the witch is in, but you see it for the second one. When the witch comes out of the skin, it takes like time and it's like burrowing out of it and like blah 
it takes like a good like 30, 45 seconds to get out of the skin. <laughs> and somehow at the end of the movie, this witch, I don't know, goes from being the witch to eating the other person because that's how she does it. She eats the person and gets in their skin. She does that in front of two people and gets hit by a car in the span of what, right. 15 seconds? Right. Yeah, like, and, like, they would have seen that happening to the girl if that had happened to her. Like, she was right there with them the whole time. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, there would have been all this shit that would have, like, told you what had happened. But, nope, they just ignore it because they want the, like, stupid fake ending on it. But, like, I mean, back to the other one because I realized I didn't say this. Like, my biggest issue, though, with the fact of the little brother being remembered at the very end and then, like, having to go rescue him and all this other stuff is because technically within the movie's time frame, that little brother is still there and not forgotten or like hadn't been kidnapped yet by the witch until like 10 minutes before that. Yeah. So because one of the scenes that flashes back to is right before that. And so it makes no sense that we as the audience wouldn't have seen him because it's I understand that they're trying to retroactively like you're seeing it through that character's eyes. and That's why you didn't do it. But it's so late in the movie that that character would have disappeared. So, yeah, it just and then on top of that, the witch was never really around him enough to like really. I don't know how to say it's like to really be able to like put a spell on him. When was the witch yeah. around him enough to put a spell on him during the time frame in which it would have had to happen? For the little brother to be taken to be, like, rescued at that point. Right. There's no real time frame like that. So it just, yeah. it doesn't work in that either. And now that I think about it, too, like, at the very end there, when he's in the car or whatever, um, when they're trying to, like, leave the house, and was it his, the friend, right, is with him? And they're leaving, and he's like, oh, I got to go get Nate, or whatever his name was, the brother. No, it's and the dad. Oh, it was the dad. Yeah. And it's like, well, why didn't the dad before now say, hey, you're forgetting your brother? Like, he just went out in the car with him without even thinking about the brother, too. Like, <laughs> well, because I guess they're arguing that he was brainwashed, too. That, I guess. But, yeah. And I guess true. that makes sense because it was his girlfriend that did it at that point. Okay. The witch was yeah, in the girlfriend's right. skin. But that still was like 10 minutes earlier in the movie. The, the dad knew the brother was there, too, because the dad yeah. talks to the little brother at the scene that's like 10 minutes before that the brother doesn't remember the little brother being there. He thought he was talking to him when he's like, yeah. I thought I told you to stay in your room. The 17 yeah. year old thought he was talking to him when he was actually talking to the little brother. You see that in the flashbacks. So that's the same scene that is referenced that the little brother was, was with the rest of the family then because the little brother doesn't get actually kidnapped until the witch jumps out of the girlfriend's skin because like, like, when they're getting in the car to drive away is when he hears the, the kids scream. And when he hears the kids scream, he remembers seeing the picture of his little brother and then remembers he has a little brother. Yeah. So the okay. little brother was taken five seconds before he remembered he had a little brother. Right. <laughs> it's and see dumb. That element, though, of like, you don't know. Like, I, I can see, like you were saying before, like there's potential with, they could have done some stuff with that where that would have been really interesting in some other scenarios or storytelling. So they, they had, I feel like they had the ability and they had the, the weapons to make this 
a much better movie than it was, especially even with like those little twists that they put like that. That could have been used in a pretty interesting way. I mean, I think the better way to go is you just shamelessly rip off it by having the witch kind of infecting this whole town and children are disappearing, but none of the adults remember. Mm, yeah. Kind of like how like the adults just ignore the shit in it. Kind of the same thing. They're all kind of under right. her spell. So they're not remembering it, but only like the other kids do. And since he's 17, he's not really an adult yet. So he still kind of remembers or something like that. But he's like struggling to remember, yeah. but he kind of does. And you could kind of play it like that. That would have worked. Yeah. And, you know, and just all these brainwashed people are kidnapping kids to bring it to her to eat or some shit. It, you could have done something like that and it would have worked a little bit. I mean, I still don't understand why the witch was in the deer to begin with. Yeah, I don't know. Just in order to be able to get around the people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just walk up at night, and jump in them. <laughs> That's what it was right, doing once it came witch, out of the door. So. <laughs> or once it came out of the deer, it was just running around till it possessed somebody. So right. why wouldn't it I mean, you're a that? witch. You, you have, like you were saying, too, it's like your your powers were convenient. But I mean, it's like she <laughs> there's so much more they could have done with that. I mean, do you see what I mean, though, about the witch wasn't even like an interesting witch you know it was way more interesting at the beginning when it right after it exactly. came out of the deer it was infinitely more interesting than at any other point in the movie yeah exactly i think it would have honestly the best way to have done this would have that have been some weird demon creature that was just running around the town destroying shit the deer no the the wretched thing like after oh, it came out of the deer yeah. Mm-hmm. just had it running around doing that shit snatching yeah, up children and shit and you can even then tie it into where the fact that it is still kind of like a witch or a demon or something and it does have powers of some sort so it's like brainwashing the adults to forget the children i just don't think you need to have it be like a skinwalker like i think it would have worked yeah. better just attacking kids as that demon thing yeah that's true that would have worked as well i don't it just I mean, I'll, I'll I'll give this movie this. It's infinitely better paced than Relic. But oh, yeah, 100 percent. It just had this thing where just people made dumb decision after dumb decision. And it never just really like the, the plot twists, I think, really just snap you out of it real fast. I know that it was really meant to be like an oh, damn. But no, you're just like, right. oh, damn. This movie. went. Yeah, there. it's like it's like those movies where. I guess you could say again, like I know we reference it a lot today, but hereditary where the ending, you're not like, oh, okay, okay. You're like, what? Like, that's what these were. <laughs> well, I mean, the same can be said for Relic. The same can be said for a lot of M. Night Shyamalan movies. I mean, yeah, it really just kind of played into that whole thing of just you're like, oh, it went there. Fuck. That sucks. Like it just it doesn't it does not snag you, and I do I cannot honestly for the life of me I could not imagine that anyone actually likes that twist of the little brother because it feels yeah so cheap and so incredibly unearned yeah forced pretty much yeah I agree. So do you have any more thoughts about this movie? Um, no, just that. It really could have been a, a decent film if they had used the potential that it laid out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it had elements that were okay. 
that it just ruins right after. Yeah, it's just shrouded in all of the what is this garbage for it to be good, I guess. I mean, especially uh, just never really earned anything. Yes, that's a good way to put it. And I don't know why, like weirdly also, there's a weird insult in this movie. This one guy keeps saying midget dick, keeps calling the main character a midget dick. It's, It's just such a weird, weird insult. Yeah, that is weird. I forgot about that. It just, I don't know. It just, it never really worked. Um, All right. So you want to go into the last one of our random first week of November horror movie trifecta? Yes. So this will be the movie The Rental, which was written and directed by Dave Franco. So his first full length feature directing credit. He did technically also direct a funnier die skit with his wife. But this is his actual first mm-hmm. movie. Um, so, yeah, non-spoilers. Go. I will say of these three films, this is probably my favorite. Not to say that it's amazing in any sort of way, but it was, again, one of those where you do actually have a lot more of those suspense elements that I think the other movies wanted to give you and didn't. <laughs> um, I, I do have issues with the overall like general ending and um, everything with how, how this one goes. But for the most part, I don't, I don't hate this one. I mean, it would be, I guess probably in the category of it's just fine for me. Um, I, I think I, I don't lean as much as like, I, I lean probably more on the, eh than the, okay, it's all right. So it's, it's really right on the fence for me but definitely better than the other two that we we're talking about today. So, I mean, for it being Dave Franco's, you know, first like real like full-length film type of thing, not bad. I mean, you could see potential with um how he did some things and it's not not terrible, but it it's just very um there there's some characters that they're not they're not as fleshed out as maybe they could be for you to really care as much what's happening in the film, but you get just enough of their relationships with each other and all of that to at least follow it and care a little bit about, you know, who's the good guys in the situation, who's the bad guys in it, what's going to happen, you know? So there's at least that. I think the actual writing of this one is better because, you know, you feel like these people are having actual real conversations. They're people that you feel like they actually do know each other. So the way the characters are written, I would say in this is pretty well done. So kudos for that. Um, it does have a lot of those, you know, suspense, thriller elements of like, what's about to happen? Who's there? What are they going to do? Kind of thing. But not enough I don't know. I I just feel like I needed a little bit more and I'll explain what that means in the spoiler section, but there's some elements that I needed to be a little bit more for this, for it to really fully kind of pay off and be something that I'm like, okay, this is a good movie. And that's kind of why it falls short and why I can't fully be like, yeah, I I'm on board completely with this one, but I would certainly watch this one again over either of the other two. And I do like some of the people in this one, um, Alice and Brie, you know, and the guy from Legion, and I'm forgetting his name. 
what is his name? Dan Stevens, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a fan of them in general and other stuff I've seen them in. So the other two I didn't really know, but you know, I, I, I was, you know, I, I didn't mind this one nearly as much as the other two, but it definitely does suffer with some problems of not complete storytelling in some ways. So that's all I'll say for now on that one. Yeah. For me, the, the other male character, uh, he's also in that TV show shameless. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. He plays lip and shameless. Um, and then the, one of the guys plays the warden in Brooklyn nine, nine, uh, the, the guy that rents him the house. Oh, right. Yep. I forgot about that. But I mean, I do agree with you in parts, uh, with this movie, it was the better of the three. Uh, to me, it had a big problem of every character doing just the stupidest thing during any given moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, there was some good character dynamics there. There were some good elements here and there that I just feel like weren't quite fleshed out. And some of the story elements didn't always kind of gel. But I mean, it's, I don't know. I would never say I liked it. I would say it is better than bad. <laughs> and I mean, I guess for this part of it, I'll leave it at that. Because I think a lot of my issues get very spoilery. Uh, so Yeah, same. Same with, I, I want to say my likes, but just in general, I think more of my thoughts on this tend to lean more spoilery. So I'll leave uh, that for that. Uh, recommendations and scores go. Um, I mean, it's such a weird one. Cause I'm like, I don't not recommend it. I think I would say, you know what? If you're a friend of Dave Franco, you're a friend of Allison, a fan of Allison Brie or Dan Stevenson, give it a whirl. You know, it's not going to be like, I completely wasted my life watching it like the other two kind of, <laughs> but other than that, I can't really say like, oh, this is fantastic filmmaking. There's something that stands out about this that's above any other film. So I can't say that much about it. But I mean, if you just want to see the kind of um, the kind of thing that Dave Franco can do behind the camera. Sure. Give it a whirl. Um, because it is slightly better. Well, it's definitely way better than the others. But my score in general, I'll give it like a. I guess I'll give it like a 51 broken hot tubs that need to be fixed out of a hundred. And just to be correct, it is Dan Stevens. Oh, not Stevenson. I apologize. Dan Stevens. Uh, you also might recognize his voice as being beast from the live action remake of beauty and the beast. Mm hmm. But and in Marshall. Yes. Yes. He was a Marshall playing the racist prosecutor. Uh, yes. So, um, recommendations and scores, recommendation, I don't know, if you want to, I guess, watch it. I won't tell anybody to not watch it, but I won't tell anybody to watch it, I guess is how I feel as far as a recommendation goes. Uh, like, if anybody's like, oh, should I watch that movie? I'd say, I don't know, if you want to. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, as far as the score goes, I'll give it... 40 that's obviously dave franco in a mask out of 100 <laughs> um so spoilers on this 
Uh, yeah, I just like I said earlier, I think all the characters make just the worst possible decision at any any given moment. And on top of that, this movie is like weirdly predictable when it comes to its characters actions. Like you can tell at the very beginning of the movie, they filmed those two characters talking and looking for a place to rent. They filmed that. So you thought they were together. You know, you thought they were a couple. Mm hmm. And yep. You know, then it turns out, oh, no, that's his brother's girlfriend, but his like work partner. And then he's actually with Alison Brie or whatever. And they do that solely to have it to where they fuck later in the movie that they, you know, yeah, they're drunk and on drugs and the only two people still awake and in a hot tub. So they get all like horny for each other and then they get interrupted by a dog and they're like, oh, we should go inside. <laughs> just a fuck in the shower like fuck that's dumb but <laughs> like that's solely the reason why they shot that and they all had all these conversations yeah. earlier with the whole like with the other two with Allison Brie and the guy that plays Lip like that they're talking to each other like oh are you weirded out by their relationship no no I'm not like and all that shit like they were just alluding that those two were gonna fuck yeah and so of course they did and it was dumb. It just would. It, it was the dumb situation to do and to put them in. And then, of course, those two are the two that stay behind the next day so they could talk about it and all this other shit, you know. And then, of course, the guy that they, you know, conveniently dropped that he like, you know, beat up a guy is the guy that beats up a guy. It's just like every character in this movie, like, does exactly what they're like. Like these characters had like a character sheet from D and D. It's like these are your character traits, and you're only going to do the things on this sheet. So, right, you know the dumb brother that's violent. Of course, he does something dumb and violent. <laughs> the the guy that serially cheats on his girlfriends. Of course, he cheats on his girlfriend. You know, it's just the it's it's just a constant thing like that. You know. Of course, the one girl that doesn't do drugs one night, but, you know, saying she wants to do them the next night is the only one on drugs the next night. Mm hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's just, it's so paid by the numbers when it comes to some of these characters, like in their actions. And it's dumb. Like, so when they have the racist house renter, of course, he just goes out of his way later in the movie to say absurdly racist things. And of course, it's, the person he's racist against is the one that calls out the cameras. And it's like, right. so they set her up like her character was set up to be the one that no matter what she knows to do, it would be the better thing to do. She always does the opposite. Right. You know, like she knows she shouldn't fuck her business partner slash boyfriend's brother, but she does. She knows that she shouldn't try to confront the racist guy about the cameras. Because they already talked about why they shouldn't. But of course she does. You know, like everything that she shouldn't do because they tell her why she shouldn't do it. She goes, nah, bitch, that's what I'm going to do. Watch me. Yeah. You know, and so it's just like this constant snowball effect of those. And like, and it was also one of those things, of course, the killer wasn't the the racist guy that they thought was the killer or snooper. You know what I mean? And yeah, 
So it's just one of those things. It's like, of course it's not because everything they do in this movie is just like that. So like, yeah, I never, very predictable. Yeah. And so I never really like, I know there, there are supposed to be suspenseful elements in it, but they never really landed with me because it's like, of course that's what it is. No, not a single thing in this movie was surprising. Yeah. I mean, right down to like the, the, the serial killer guy in a mask. I mean, everything he did was predictable, you know, like right down to, of course, he's going to start sending videos to these people like showing right. that, you know, and all this other stuff. But like, even then, whenever I'm looking at some of that stuff, it like, that doesn't completely make sense with how he lined everything up. But like, I don't know. It just, it felt so painfully by the numbers. I mean, I'll say this though. I'll kind of take a movie that's so painfully by the numbers than movies that just say, like, why would you do this? Well, like, like relic just says, fuck the numbers. I'm just going to pour black paint on the whole page. And then (laughs) wretched just goes, I'm going to pour all black on this page. Ha ha. Halfway through. I did a little bit of white. Like, (laughs) I mean, you're still not getting a full thing. You're still not getting a picture by painting that way. At least this one gives you a painting. Yeah. It's just, it's hotel art. Like, that's the <laughs> painting you get is a hotel art. That is probably one of the best analogies you've done on this show. I will take that. I don't know. I still think, and I don't remember what movie I did it with when I brought up a box of donuts. <laughs> what was that? That was a recent one. The donuts. It was. Man. I don't remember what. I want to say it was a best of, it was on like the best or worst list. It was one of those. And I, uh, you know, equated a movie to a box of donuts. And I don't remember. That is the one I'm most proud of. Yeah, because Jasmine was saying something about how he wants meat and potatoes. And I was like, this movie's a box of donuts. It was Step Up to the Streets. That's the one. Of course it was. Because that movie is a box of donuts. Right. And, (laughs) but anyway, back to this one. I mean, this one, this movie is, it's just, it's hotel art. It's you just it follows the instructions. It paints when it's supposed to paint where it's supposed to paint. And in the end, you get just a picture that's neither good nor bad. It's just there. (laughs) I mean, you may or may not notice it, you know, and it just kind of fills up space on a wall. Yeah. But I mean, at least, like I said, with that, it's something. I mean, the actors, for the most part, gave good performances. Yeah. I just wasn't a huge fan of the characters. And like you said, some of the conversations they were having were good. Like I liked the interpersonal, the, like the way they talked to each other. I liked. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like they actually are friends that know each other. Yeah. Like I said, I just didn't like how anyone actually acted. The yeah, one thing I will themselves. surprise me is that the other two people didn't fuck also. <laughs> right. Like that just seems like that would have happened too. that. Like they would have gone off and fucked. And so they both would have been like that. And then the, everybody would have found out that everybody fucked each other. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my. But then like the killer striking and they're like, oh, but we fucked each other. But but the killer like also yeah. like, come on, it's 2020. Can a killer not get faked out by the whole? Oh, she obviously went over the balcony trick when she obviously didn't. Right. Like, that's just so played out, too. But also like they do a she, quick scan of the room. <laughs> you know yeah they just walk out and they just go oh went out the balcony guess i gotta go right 
but like it's just like especially the end of the movie when you're just like when she's running through the woods with like a broken ankle and he's just done like full-on sprint in what universe do she ever able to cover that much ground versus him right like at one point i think he was like 15 feet away from her when she starts running and he never closes the gap he's in full-on sprint mode and he's moving fast and she is literally hobbling along at a very slow pace and he never catches her i will give them the fact that they didn't go to, to the cliche of he just walks at a very slow pace all the time thing yeah, for the most part, he was a human. I mean, I didn't like the fact that he took a screwdriver to the face and was just a okay afterwards. He didn't even make a. He didn't even make noise. Yeah, he just completely You got silence. stabbed in the cheek. The only way that that hurts only just mostly is if your mouth is open when it goes through your cheek. Otherwise, you're breaking some teeth too, and that's yeah. just like immobilizingly painful if you have teeth just stabbed through with a screwdriver. I mean, yeah, you would be in functional pain if it was just your cheek. But if it got teeth, too, nah, you're going to be incapacitated for a little bit. But yeah, I mean, the one thing I will give this movie credit is the only time that I was slightly surprised was the fact that she ran off the cliff. Yeah, that was surprising. I just didn't think they were actually go that route. No, she ran off. I the thought cliff. it was going to be a fake out again. Yeah. Yeah. Or a fake out or something. But no, she she actually just went off the cliff. Or, or that he was going to get her and kill her, you know. So I'll give mm-hmm. him credit on that. She just went off the cliff. And then he went and ever so delicately removed all his spy gear and moved on to the next rental, which also obviously, come on, that was Dave Franco. 100%. <laughs> was it, though? I didn't think it was. Oh, that was. That was totally Dave Franco. Okay. You couldn't tell from the back of the head? I couldn't. No. I mean... I guess if it, if I think about it, yeah, but I I mean, it wasn't like for me, it seemed like it was a, an older dude than Dave Franco, but no, like those I, not that I could see his end, face, just the way he moved and like his body frame. Like, I just felt like he was not Dave Franco. No, to me, that was totally Dave. The only way that wasn't Dave Franco is if it was his brother. <laughs> Another plot twist. <laughs> You know, that's just, that's all I could see. Like, whenever he was, you know, like, especially when he was going to that other rental property to set it up, I'm like, that's obviously Dave Franco's head. (laughs) But if you look at the, like, the IMDb for it, it has, like, someone listed just as man, and it's... And that very well could have been that guy being that guy in the mask. True, yeah. I'm talking about when you're seeing the back of his head, though, that's Dave Franco. (laughs) i don't care what they say i don't care if they show me the other guy's face in those scenes i'm like that's just some bullshit you did to cover (laughs) up the fact that it's you dave franco (laughs) right i mean i 100 percent agree that in the scenes where it's like him in the mask sure that is probably that guy in the imdb 100 percent. you know but at the end of the movie you mean but at the end of the movie i'm like that's fucking dave franco <laughs> and it's possible. No yeah. one can tell me otherwise. No one. <laughs> you are convinced. I could have been on set that day and seen it's not Dave Franco and gone, fuck, that's Dave Franco. <laughs> I see. I will not be unconvinced of that. All right. I mean, like I said, and and I, I don't know also 
that if maybe the only reason why I kind of like this movie is because of how bad the other two were. I mean, we did four and a half hours of movies watched for this because each one was like an hour and a half. And just two of them were yeah. so bad that I was just like grateful that this one was just under mediocre. I mean, and also like I'm wondering about the critics because all these were like critically good movies. I mean, Relic was at 91%. I want to say Wretched was at 71. And I think the rentals at 74, something like that. Which but I like, guess I'm surprised that all of these got <laughs> that high of a score, but. But all of these movies are in the 40% when it comes to audiences. Yeah. All of them are in the 40s. And I'm like, are critics just that hard up for any new shit that they're giving everything good scores right now? Right. Like, yeah. The audience people like that are watching and stuff like that. You know, we're watching shit on Netflix. We'll watch the garbage we watch all the time. Like, I guess movie critics aren't sitting there and watching the same movies over and over again like I do. You know, like, honestly, these movies, for the most part, make me understand why normal people just hate film critics and don't trust them. <laughs> I'm like, these are three perfect examples of that, especially, especially Relic. Relic. Not Relic. Relic. Right. Because yeah, I that, agree with that. That one is just such a full swing for me. Like it's in the it's 90s. the highest. Yeah, it's the highest rated and it's the worst one. I mean, we used to have like a rule of thumb when it came to horror movies and Rotten Tomato. Add 10 points. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it got like if it got a 75, that's like an 85 for a horror movie because they're typically so hard on horror movies. You know, you can have a 50 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That might be a 60%, you know, that's 60 for a horror movie. You know, like you always add 10 points to it. Like if yeah. we did that for Relic, that'd mean it's one of the greatest movies of all time. And it wasn't. <laughs> if you added 10 points to my score for Relic, it gets a nah, fuck you, plus 10. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I have never, never disagreed so hard with critics as I do with Relic in that. I don't think like I disagree as much with like, midsummer and hereditary or anything like that as much as i do the relic because it was absurdly bad compared to what the critics gave it you know this one i guess is this one's the closest one i have i gave it what a 40 something and this is 70s yeah. that's a 30 point difference and that's the closest i came to the critic score on any of these movies all right do you have any more thoughts about these movies yeah i had a couple of things to say about uh, the rental. Um, so I think what I would say for that is Allison Bree's character is probably of those, the smartest one in the movie. <laughs> I mean, not that she did everything great and she, you know, like she was predictable in a lot of ways, but the fact that, you know, she found, you know, she found the, or she saw the video and was just like, no, that plus the fact that this man was just killed, I'm out. And she left and she didn't stay and didn't, you know, I, I think that the things that she did were definitely smarter than all of the other characters and what they did, you know, so I will give her that. And I think that that might be why she's probably my favorite in this, because she she wasn't as dumb in her just everyday actions. Um so I'll give her that. And then I I think really my only 
other thing I kind of wanted to bring to the table was I, I understand that with movies like this, you don't really always need um, you, you don't always need the motive. You don't always have to have the bad guy or the villain or the serial killer have a specific motive. But I feel like with a movie like this, I feel like the setup for it, I, I don't know. I just feel like we should have gotten to see a little bit more of this guy's motive um, or something because it felt like while, yes, he had bugs and cameras and stuff all over the house, so he was hearing what was going on and seeing what was going on, you feel like for some reason he had just more of a connection, like on a personal level with these people. And I don't, I don't know. I just feel like there was a disconnect with that. Like it felt like this was more personal than it actually was, but you, you don't know who this guy is. There's no actual motive with it. And I think that they could have done that better. Either it does not seem like the guy personally knew them as much as it seemed like, or make it be where, you know, maybe he did know them in some way or just something, even not even that, but just something where you get a little bit more of his motive for, you know, not only is he spying on these people, but he just wants to kill him. And yeah, I just, I just feel like that's something that they should have maybe fleshed out a little bit more than they did. Um, but yeah, other than what you had said, that's really, those are my only other things to add because yeah, it is a very predictable movie. But like I said, the dialogue, I, I think that really is the thing that kind of saves this movie or makes it better than the others in that sense is the the character dialogue and the character dynamics. It was just way more compelling in this one than the other movies. And just the writing, the writing of the characters, um, at least in the sense of what they're talking about, their actual conversations and the, you know, that type of stuff was just a lot better in this one. And I think that that actually might be what makes this movie a little bit better than it otherwise probably would be. Um, which is weird because you're right. It's not like they're, they're dumb. Like they do dumb things. They are predictable. They do the things you expect them to for the most part. But for some reason, the way that they're written and the conversations they're having just makes you feel a little bit more like they're real people. And yeah, I just I feel like that's the one thing that kind of gives this an edge story wise above the other two movies. I mean, I can see some of that. I don't necessarily agree completely, though, with the motivations of the killer thing, because I think they were really just setting him up. that That's what he does. He goes and he videotapes them and he watches it and then he kills people. It's just kind of what he does. And I think they really kind of try to explain that away kind of at the very end when it shows him setting up that other apartment, watching those people, and it just shows him running in and killing somebody at the end. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that, and that could be true. It just it felt more like, yeah, while well, he was it seemed like, you know, he's setting it up and he just that's what he did. But he just felt like he knew or the way that the movie went is like, he knew who was going to be where and what was going to actually get under their skin more than he should know as someone who's a stranger, if that makes sense. No, I can kind of get that. I mean, I guess the argument against that is the fact that he's just watching them nonstop. Just all the time. Yeah. You know, and catching them doing, you know, bad things in the shower right next to, you know, their partners. Like, right. and I guess that that's what's so absurd about it is like, they're literally just like, right in between both of their partners when they do that. Yeah. And they're like, 
they get into a shower, which is going to make noise. And clearly, like, the thing that would wake them up in a more easy easy way than if you had just stayed out in the hot tub. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Well, that and, like, bathrooms are, like, acoustically loud because of all the right. tile and all this other stuff. I mean, that's just, that's the worst place to try to hide fucking. Yeah, late at night when they're sleeping and the only noise is you in the shower having sex. Like, that's just a terrible idea. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yep. Just, oh man, these movies. So, anything else, Heather? That is it for me. So, on that note, guys, thank you for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Uh, check us out at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook, where we are Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram, which is cinema underscore slayers. Also, you know, Give us a rating and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. Uh, we really, you know, it really kind of helps us out by uh, moving us up rankings. And that means that these things will actually suggest us to other people more. And I haven't seen Kurt giving us one yet. So once again, fuck you, Kurt. And that will happen <laughs> every episode until I get one. So once again, fuck you, Kurt. and. Remember, according to Justin, even though he's only here in spirit, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. I was kind of expecting you to sing something during that. I was going to, and then I was trying to think of the right thing. It wasn't the song that never ends, but I just couldn't figure out what it was. I dropped the ball. I'm you no did. Justin. You did. And sometimes that's fine. Because Justin <laughs> got a loss on this one. Right.